More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, it's all about me. Are you dealing with a narcissistic person in your life? We're going to help you get relief. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled, It's All About Me, as we talk about narcissistic people and how they impact our lives. Do you feel like someone in your life is a narcissist? You know, maybe you have to deal with someone who has a tremendous sense of entitlement, who doesn't seem to care about your needs, a person who doesn't mind if you're upset as long as they're happy, who walks all over you and never acknowledges their offenses or even blows you off when you try to confront them. Let us help you learn to deal effectively with the narcissists in your life. The number is 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. You know, you might feel like well, no, this person isn't truly a narcissist. Let me ask you this. Do they actively work for your good? Do they check in to see what you need at times when it has nothing to do with them getting what they want? So this is not the checking in that comes with kind of schmoozing you when they're about to have a big ask for something, anything at all. It's not the, the kind of buttering you up, checking in and giving you gifts or taking care of you or complimenting you. It's the daily grind of they're thoughtful about your needs, your feelings, your preferences, the things that are going around in the day-to-day of you controlling your life, if you share a home together, you know, if you're having a tough day at work, Whatever those things are, that's the kind of healthy inquiry and caring that would go on between two healthy people. The stuff that's buttering you up, that's getting what they want by being extra nice for a minute or a while, and then all of a sudden it becomes all about them again. That's where we see, if not narcissism, at least a tendency toward selfishness. 
Yeah, and, and really broadly speaking, that's what we're talking about yes. here. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're not in a place where we, we necessarily need to diagnose people as, as narcissistic, yeah, and it's not necessarily even helpful. But if you're struggling with somebody in your life who, who you care about, uh, and maybe they're important to you for some reason, but um, they're kind of selfish in your relationship, and you're not sure how to break through, let's talk about it. 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. That's eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. And I will say this: this is the extra layer of this is if you feel a little crazy thinking that this person is manipulative or this person is selfish, or they're telling you that you're getting your needs met or you've been heard, but nothing changes, and then they blame that on you. If you're feeling emotionally mentally snowed by this person then it's not a healthy situation you're getting eroded in your dignity as a child of god and you're not getting what you need and what you deserve to be a happy healthy holy person and that can lead us to feeling very depleted very scared very disempowered very frustrated very angry with nowhere to go, with no way to to be able to address it with that person. So if any of this seems familiar, if it's somebody you're in a romantic relationship with, if it's a parent, you have a parent that has always been this way in your life, and maybe you feel like, okay, I'm getting glimmers of the fact that this wasn't really healthy, but still I love them, and what do I do because they're my parent? That matters. We need healing as adults if we've been raised by somebody who's very self-centered or all about themselves. If it's your kid and you're starting to see some real entitlement play in here and you're thinking, this is not how I want this person to turn out. This is really not good for our whole family and it won't be good for them. Whoever it is, we're here to help you today on More to Life because you might think nothing's ever going to change them but you can make some changes that will bring about change in them and help you be happier, healthier, and holier. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, uh, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections over the course of five years that provides a lens enabling us to see how the Gospels, and really all of salvation history, reveal God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that healthy, godly relationships are meant to be mutually self-giving. That's the term they use. They're meant to model the love that exists at the heart of the Trinity itself. St. Bonaventure compared the Trinity to a three-bucket water wheel that was always pouring itself out totally, but never running dry, because it was immediately being filled up by the other two buckets. Well, that is what healthy human relationships are meant to be like. Godly relationships make it safe to give all of ourselves to the other because the other is just as concerned with giving all of themselves back. The theology of the body tells us that every person 
has a right to communicate their needs to the other and have their needs met by others as long as we're equally generous to others in return. You know, selfishness and narcissism make it difficult to maintain that dynamic. Narcissists tend to make us feel like we don't matter unless we're helping them meet their agenda and address their needs, concerns, and, and opinions. And our needs, concerns, or opinions don't matter unless they happen to agree with us. You know, likewise, it's almost always accidental if a true narcissist works for our good. You know, in other words, they're probably already doing something that's, that's good for them, and if we happen to benefit too, well, that's fine. But they'd be hard-pressed to leave their comfort zones to work for the good of those around them. In fact, they'd probably find the very idea offensive. You know, narcissists tend to see people as objects, the means to their ends. And although Christians have an obligation to be generous to others, we also have a responsibility to protect our, our personhood and, and not allow other people to turn us into things. So we shouldn't ever feel guilty for setting charitable boundaries that remind the people around us that, that we are our own unique and unrepeatable people who deserve to be heard and attended to and loved. But it can be tricky sometimes, especially when, when other people push back against that. So give us a call. Do you feel like someone in your life is a little too selfish, uh, well, maybe even narcissistic. Maybe you have to deal with people who have a tremendous sense of entitlement, who don't seem to care about your needs, who don't mind if you're upset as long as they're happy, who maybe walk all over you and, and don't acknowledge their offenses, even when you try to bring them up. Let us help you learn to deal effectively with the selfish and even narcissistic people in your life. Give us a call. The number is 877 573 7825. That's 877-573-7825. Whether you feel like it's your, your parent, your spouse, your kids, whoever it is, it's always painful when you have an important person in your life who you know, is showing those selfish tendencies and you're not sure how to relate to them in a healthy way. Well, and that includes if somebody's telling you that you're being selfish, if somebody's saying that you don't care enough about them and you're thinking, I don't think that's true. I, I don't know what to do about that. And maybe they're just manipulating me, telling me this. What do I do about it? Because we all can fall into some selfishness at some point. We all have our own fears, our own needs, our own things that we need to have happen in our lives. <clears throat> but are we being self-donative in the meantime? Are we taking care of others, even though we have our own needs? It's a hard balance for any of us because we're all fallen people. But if you feel like this dynamic exists between you and someone else, or you're feeling like you're dealing with the remnant of this in your life from a relationship in the past, we're here to help you heal yourself and those relationships today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those relationships where we feel like we're running around doing everything to take care of them, but they're not as responsive to us. Help us to deal gracefully and effectively with the people that we feel might be selfish or even narcissistic. Help us to remember that they are persons just as we are, um, but to know how to set healthy boundaries that bring out the best in them, even as 
you are bringing out the best in us, enabling us to respond to them in ways that are appropriately generous, but that also remind them that we are not things, but persons, to be loved and helped to achieve our goods and our needs as well. We ask you, Lord, to heal those relationships and give us the grace that we need to know how to respond in healthy and holy ways so that we might be able to have a healthier connection with even those people who are struggling to be as generous and as humble as they need to be. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name, in the name of, the of the Father, Father the, the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, It's All About Me, as we talk about those people who are struggling with maybe a little bit of selfishness or even a little bit of narcissism. Do you feel like somebody in your life is a narcissist? Do you have to deal with people who are who have this sort of tremendous sense of entitlement, who don't seem to care much about your needs, or you know, really don't mind that you're upset as long as they're happy. If you're not sure how to respond because you know your attempts in the past have just kind of been ignored, disregarded, explained out of, let us help you figure out how to effectively respond to those selfish and even narcissistic people in your life. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Celeste who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Celeste. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you today? Oh, good morning. I just want to say um, I love your show, and I think this is such an important topic you brought up today that I'm Thank really you. thankful for it. Well, why is it so important in your life, Celeste? What do you have to share with us today? So um, uh, I'm 60, but my whole life up until I was late 40s, early 50s, I didn't realize what was wrong in my family. And I thought it was wrong with me. I thought I had the devil in me. And uh, my mother is was a narcissist. And she had trained the whole family, even my dad, in, in those ways. So there was huge inequity in our family. And uh, the last two children out of five just were scapegoats for everything. It, it was really difficult. And I wanted to share... One thing, if it can help somebody, is once I realized that that was like a a clinical problem, a psychiatric problem, all the personal hurt I felt from it, all the injustice I felt, and the unlove I felt, it it just went away. I was able to say, oh, this is a psychiatric problem. Yeah, it wasn't it, because it wasn't it wasn't your fault. You didn't feel like it, hey, I did something wrong to make them treat me this way. Yeah, my whole life I thought there was something wrong with me. From childhood on up. Very painful. Very painful. But So yeah, can I ask you now? I mean, you you made that you made you had that awareness and, and how has it changed your relationship with your family? I had to back off for a couple mm-hmm. of years. I it was like my whole family died at once. It was horrible. I went through a horrible mourning process. It was terrible. And it was really hard on my children. Um, but I had to, like, separate because they were just hell-bent on being awful and mean. And um, I have one sister that's, like, a masochistic narcissist. She's like, None of my other siblings are narcissists. They just have the traits that my mom taught them. But one turned out to be a narcissist. 
and and she loved hurting my little sister and I. And um, so it was horrible. And then after a couple of years, I had a, a nephew invite me to a family gathering, and I accepted. And I realized after a couple of years of being away, and by the way, I came back to the church during that time. Mm-hmm. And by listening to programs like yours, I learned that certain attachments I had or anxieties, I would give them to God. I learned that. I never learned that as a child. Uh, all of that helped me to stand back when I was with them after that and uh, be very objective and not take things personally. Celeste, I want to thank you, because I can't think of a better way to start our show than Truly. with the witness that you've just shared here. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I was smiling when you said that you came back to the church during that time, because I hear that story so much. And here's what happens, you know, when we discover, well, we spend our whole lives measuring our worth through the eyes of the people around us. But then when we find God and we find the faith, we start to measure our worth through the eyes of the God who loves us. And we begin to understand who we really are and how loved we truly are and how lovable we truly are, which then enables us to stop worrying quite so much about how those other people see us. And it enables us to have more of that, as you said, um, objective perspective on things. It allows you to sort of step back and say, you know, they are who they are and they're behaving the way they do, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. And so it enables us to be a lot stronger and set the boundaries that we need to set uh, and begin to establish a relationship with those people, with those boundaries intact, that's healthier and allows us to be healthy in, in their presence. And I see that God is still doing healing in your heart, and I know that there's work to do, but I'm so pleased that, that you called to share your experience. Uh, and, I, and again, I can't think of a better way to kick off the show. Celeste, thank you so much for the work that you've done, for tuning in, and for being willing to share your story with us and all of our listeners. May God bless you and your continued process of healing. God bless you, and thank you so much. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. We're talking with you today about those people in our lives who are a little too selfish and, and maybe even narcissistic. Uh, if you are dealing with someone in your life who just is, has this tremendous sense of entitlement, who doesn't seem to care about your needs, who doesn't mind if you're upset as long as they're okay, or who maybe even walks all over you and doesn't even acknowledge the offenses even when you try to bring them to, you, their, to their attention, give us a call. Let's talk about how to deal gracefully with those situations and have a healthier, even holier relationship with them. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue right after the break. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic Healthcare Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health-sharing option. Kiro's Christ-centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. 
Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and we are talking today about those people who we are a little selfish in their relationship <laughs> with us, bordering maybe even on a little narcissistic. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We'll help you deal with those relationships. Joining us right now, Anastasia Northrup. She is the founder and director of the National Conference for Catholic Singles. You can learn more at nationalcatholicsingles.com. Anastasia, welcome to More to Life. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. Well, you know, as an expert in the theology of the body, and especially as a, for somebody who ministers to single people, you know, you can often find yourself in a, in a situation where you're dating somebody who turns out to be maybe a little narcissistic. I mean, what, what do we need to look out for, especially if we're single and, and looking for healthy, holy relationships? Well, great question. I, it can be so easy. This is a problem. It can be easy to find yourself in a relationship like that because people that are narcissistic tend to be very you know, charming and sociable, you know, on a certain level, and so you can be attracted to them, maybe they can be even the life of the party, and the chemistry can be great, and you just feel like there's a lot of attraction and stuff, um, but then if you find that they're uh, kind of moving things along too quickly, or love bombing you, and just like showering you with affection and gifts, or, you know, making you feel like you're a princess, um, and, and women can write, we can like that, right, but then... <laughs> um, then you realize, oh, well, maybe they're, they're not really listening to me. They're not really trying to find out who I am. Um, they don't have the, this empathy that we all need to, to have good relationships. And so I think it's just yeah, as good advice as always for any kind of dating, you know, that you take it slowly and um, really get to know the person and not let yourself get... One thing that's uh, striking me away. as you're talking, though, I mean, I, I, I just want to underline this. It's, you know, what you were describing there you know, the person who's kind of love-bombing you and making you feel like a princess. They're playing the role of a good boyfriend, but they're not really listening to you. And that's the difference, mm-hmm. you know. The, the, the narcissist knows how to play the role of Prince Charming, but doesn't really know how to listen, or doesn't know how to respect your boundaries, doesn't know how to um, actually hear what you need and do that. They, they do so many of the other things, like, look over, yeah, yeah, those needs are fine, but look over here at how wonderful I am. Yes, and I have to add in, this can happen with women, too. Yeah, like, it, women can be narcissistic as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and 
um, this is the sort of thing that we um, live in. Or for example, this weekend we have our upcoming dating retreat with Father Robert Spitzer and a panel, and we're going to talk about like all of these things in general, the great things about dating and the challenges about dating and you know what to be aware of. And uh, so I think it's just important to talk about it because then people are can be aware when they're making their choices and you know meeting new people and things. I agree. I think that awareness on this for any new relationship, but especially if you're seeking a romantic relationship to seeking to get married, the information and having your antenna up is vital because, of course, we want to fall in love. Of course, we want to be swept off our feet. But it's really important to test those waters. As you said, take it slow. Do some things that you know aren't a test, but will sort of let you know, is this person really listening? Do they care about your needs, your wants, your preferences, or is it all just about the smoke and mirrors of, of reeling you in? Those are very important things to keep in mind in any relationship, but especially discerning a romantic one. Some great tips, Anastasia. And if folks would like to learn more about your dating retreat, where can they go for more information? Just go to the website, nationalcatholicsingles.com, and there's on the menu there's the dating retreat and it's coming up this weekend and we have over 500 people signed up so it's online and it's free so online free easy to do and lots of great information national catholic singles conference thank you so much nationalcatholicsingles.com anastasia thanks again for being with us and listeners we're taking your calls right now excuse me at 877-573-7825. The show is titled, It's All About Me, as we talk about those selfish and maybe even narcissistic people in our lives. I mean, the reality is, look, we all do selfish things from time to time. You know, every single one of us is, is a little short-sighted. And sometimes we do put our own needs first. Um, and that's something we all struggle with. But then there are people who kind of make a habit out of it or even build their lives around it. And when that person is someone who's important to you for some reason, uh, or you're in a relationship with them, uh, and you know you, you care about them, but you're tired of being hurt, it's important to have healthy, holy ways to respond so that you can protect yourself from the drama, but still be appropriately generous. Let's talk about what that actually looks like in real life. 877-573. 7825. That number is 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about those struggles with selfish and narcissistic people. And if you've got somebody in your life who you know has that sense of entitlement, um, is lacking in empathy, is a little manipulative or controlling, doesn't tend to listen to what your needs are, or even respond effectively when you bring out those offenses and say, hey, that really hurt. Well, maybe it's time to figure out some better ways to respond. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We'll be taking your calls right on the other side of this break. Stick around. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful, all that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. John chapter 11, verses 21 to 26. This is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus has died. Lazarus is one of his best friends. Just before this passage, we hear the news that Martha and Mary send word to Jesus that the one you love is sick. And the next line in the scripture is, now because Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was. His friend's in need. He can heal. They've seen him heal before. And yet somehow, because he loves him, he stays. And Lazarus dies. And then Jesus shows up three days later and is greeted by Martha and Mary, who confront him with the words, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would never have died. Rather applicable for many of us in our lives. We ask the Lord to do one thing because we're certain it is what we think is best, when in fact he has something which far surpasses what we ask for. The challenge is, in waiting for that to happen, we go through very trying times, which oftentimes makes us wonder, does he really care? I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Throughout Scripture, again and again, we hear that we're to not be afraid, that we must trust in the Lord and be confident in God's providence, deliverance, mercy, and constant care. As theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar once observed, quote, when one surveys even from a distance how often and how openly sacred Scripture speaks of fear and anxiety, an initial conclusion presents itself. The Word of God is not afraid of fear or anxiety, end quote. What a powerful observation. When we feel anxious, God wants us to wrap ourselves in His grace, but sometimes that's easier said than done. A good place to start is to take a moment to remind yourself of all the other times when you were sure you were doomed, but God came through. Allow yourself to relive the relief you felt in those past moments. Then praise God for His past faithfulness and ask for the grace to remember that He is still as faithful now as He was then. To learn more tips for overcoming anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And speaking of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, we want to offer our congratulations to another member of the EWTN Radio family. Immaculate Conception Parish in Clarksville, Tennessee, is celebrating their sixth year with us. Congratulations to WGIC FM 94.9 from your friends at EWTN. Salute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today on More to Life, we are taking your calls about those relationships with people who, you know, maybe tend to be a little selfish, maybe even narcissistic. We all are selfish from time to time. All of us fall into places where we emphasize our own needs or become kind of short-sighted and focused on our own concerns uh, even to the point where we ignore the people around us and that's something we all have to work on but sometimes there are certain people who make a habit out of it either in general or with us in particular and it's hard to know how to deal with them charitably so let's talk about it 877-573-7825 let us help you find healthy ways to deal with the selfish and maybe even 
narcissistic people in our lives. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Maria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Mississippi. Maria, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Uh, Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You always seem to be talking about the problem that I'm dealing with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, that's the Holy Spirit. So what's going on? How are you dealing with this topic today? All right. So um, I have a 14-year-old son. Uh, He's the youngest of three, and he's um, got an explosive temper. Um, uh, He's very... um, disagreeable when I ask them to do things, um, always fighting. And so the thing is, this behavior is really similar to my ex-husband's behavior, which uh. I ended up separating from him, hoping, uh, uh, hoping he'll get counseling, but he ended up divorcing me. So the, it's been annulled, um, but now I'm, I have um, custody of, of uh, the last two kids who are still in school. Um, for school purposes. So we have joint custody is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. So I'm to the point now, uh, this kid is just totally turning the house upside down with his behavior. I'm in counseling for codependency recovery. He's in counseling for his explosive behavior. But he's turning the house upside down. Are you in counseling together, though? Because this no, isn't... Uh, this, this no, is, I haven't been able to find a, a family counselor yet. So, we're, so, we're you're, so your counselor way. won't work with the two of you together? Uh, I haven't asked. I didn't think it was appropriate. Um, it's appropriate. Oh, it's appropriate. Yeah. So, so here are a couple of things I want to share with you. All right. So, so first of all, um, this is not something he's going to be able to fix on his own, right? Because it, uh, one of the, one thing that, that that we don't appreciate, and this is a, this is a kind of a a family therapy truism that the problems don't reside within the person; they reside between the people. Now, that that's not to say that it's your fault that he's acting that way, but it, what it's to say is that you know. He will do things that bring out a certain response in you, that bring out a certain response in him, that bring out a certain response in you. And it becomes this cycle that builds on each other. Um, And in order to unravel the problem, you need to work with somebody who can help the two of you unravel that dynamic that exists between the two of you so that you can have a healthier dynamic. Now, uh, so I would start by asking whether your therapist or his would be willing to work with the both of you together. That's absolutely appropriate. Now, it's possible that your therapist or his therapist don't have training in family therapy and they might say no. Um, or you might find out that they don't have training in family therapy and they aren't competent to do it. So you might want to find somebody who is, and, and that, that can be challenging, as you pointed out. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Start by asking the people that you're already working with if, if they can do it or re- refer you to somebody who can. Um, secondly, though, let's talk a little bit about why he's doing this. You know, um, you mentioned that your husband had the same kind of explosive anger, There are two, and he wants to go live with his, with his dad. There are two things here at, at play, at the very least. Number one, um, a 14-year-old boy wants a relationship with his father, um, and so is going to identify with his father and start trying to take on some of the traits of his father. Uh, also, he's kind of hoping that if he can wear you down, you'll let him go live with his father because he wants that relationship with his dad. What I would suggest to you in terms of all of that to kind of short-circuit that that whole plan is to say to him, listen, son, I love you, and I want you to have a good relationship with your father, and I would even be willing to let you live with him if I could see that you had better control over your anger. But But your dad struggles with anger, and I can't let you, who are struggling with anger, go live with somebody who's struggling with anger. And until I can see that you have the control over yourself that you would need to be healthy around your dad 24-7, then I can't let that happen. So now you've put him in a double bind, 
right? Where he, you're, 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 you're using the, the desire that he has, a healthy desire that he has to be in a relationship with his dad, even though his dad isn't the healthiest person, as a motivator to help him be more healthy. Um, then secondly, you're also working with him in counseling so that you can unravel the dynamic between the two of you so that you can know how better to respond to each other. I think that's your, the way to go. Now, I want you to pick up a book by Ross Green. Again, the name is Ross Green, and the title of the book is The Explosive Child. He's writing for slightly younger kids, but that's okay. All the principles that are in uh, The Explosive Child will apply to your relationship with your son, uh, and I think will be tremendously helpful for you. So that's uh, Ross Green's The Explosive Child. Another book that will be helpful to you is by uh, uh, Elaine Faber and Adele Mazelish. Um, right. It's called How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk. You're going to read it and you're going to think, this is never going to work. You'll be surprised at how, how effective the, the approach really is. So I want you to take a look at both of those books. Again, The Explosive Child by Ross Green and How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk by uh, Elaine Faber. Faber and Mage. Uh, yeah, Mage Faber and Mage. the way you can look it up. Um, yeah, so they're both classic and they're they're well time-tested and, and research-based and, and very, very effective resources. Uh, follow these suggestions, and I, I guarantee you're going to see a difference in the relationship. But but I would, I would say this. Please don't just let your son go live with his dad uh, at this point. All right, It's not going to make any... You, if, you, if you put it out there and say, look, I'd be willing to let this happen as long as you could show me that you have better control over your anger, well, well that's, that's a possibility. Now let's emphasize the word show me, not promise me. Okay, because he'll say, oh, yeah, I'll get it together. And he might even be able to hold it together for two or three days. It's show me on a consistent basis over months of time that you are working on this, that you are invested in the relationship enough to get control of this. If not, A, you're going to be adding to his already problematic abandonment issues because you guys got this divorce and dad took off. He didn't go into counseling to save the marriage. Two, he's going to be inundated with his father's anger issue, and it's going to be the only thing he learns because we absorb what's around us, and dad is the only male role model he has. So you're actually going to be throwing him into a pool of sharks, and it's all he's going to learn. He won't find healing from that. And honestly, it's going to be healing for you to know that you're strong enough to stand up to this. It will, right? because just, just kind of giving up really... Um, just leans in to that codependency that you know you've been dealing with. Don't let that codependency win by taking your son from you. So, again, the titles I want you to pick up, uh, Ross Green's book, The Explosive Child, and Faber and Mazelish's book, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk. Talk to your therapist about seeing the two of you together or his therapist. If you can't find somebody, reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We do a lot of this kind of work, and we can, we can help you there through our pastoral counseling practice. Um, but you learn more at catholiccounselors.com. But, Maria, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for your courage in, in being the mom that you are and continuing to be there for your son. Um, and, you know, let, let's, let's follow through with those suggestions. And if there's more that we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the program. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're talking today about being in a relationship with somewhat selfish, maybe even narcissistic people. If you've got a relationship like that that you're not sure how to handle gracefully, let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Terry, who's listening to EWTN Radio in South Carolina. Hi, Terry. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Well, I 
really want to know how to respond appropriately to my husband. And he, I won't say he's narcissistic, but he seems to try to belittle and laugh off when things that I bring up I need to talk about. Or so give me an example. Give me an example of an exchange that you might have had recently. Um, talking about something about having to do with my mother or um, and he just kind of listens and doesn't really respond or if it's something to have to do with a friend that I'm concerned about he can laugh and they say oh, I don't care that doesn't bother me and um, or his I, I just don't care and kind of laughs it off or if, I, if I'm not affected I don't really need to be concerned the only thing that he'll get super concerned about is it has to do with our son um so I, that's why I say I don't think he's completely narcissistic. He's just, and he Disrespe- would probably—he's disrespectful at the very least, yeah. Yes, and he would probably tell you, "Well, you just want me to do everything for you." And in other ways, he is respectful, but on a communication level and on a verbal level, to the point that everybody around me notices it as well. And uh, I just am trying to figure out a way, and he. Not somebody that would want to go to counseling, although I think it would be very helpful. Well, here's the thing. You know what? Okay, so so that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, he, you. It doesn't matter whether he wants to go or not. I, I want I want you to make the appointment. I want you to call and make it because here's the thing. When I say that he's not respectful, you know, what I mean is, you know, I don't mean that he's not nice necessarily or he's not polite. You know, disrespectful people can do that, and and being respectful is way more than just being you know kind or polite or you know whatever. It, it basically what it means is that I, I'm willing to see the value in the things you find valuable, even if they don't matter to me, right? So if, if Lisa brings a concern to me and I don't personally care about it, I respect her and I, re- I realize that there's value to that concern. Even though if it's not my concern, it bothers her, so I love her and I want to respect her enough to listen to that concern. If I don't, then I'm not being respectful because I don't see the value in it unless it directly impacts me or unless she can prove to me the value of that thing. And when you have that dynamic in a relationship, what that means is that, that your husband doesn't see you as enough of a person to really be willing to meet you and work with you on things. And when that happens, you, you aren't because you're not a person in his eyes, at least you know, to, to some degree, then you don't have the credibility in his eyes to actually solve the problem and he he gets to do whatever he i mean the marriage works for him because he does whatever he wants yeah, and just sits back he's like yeah whatever doesn't matter so why would he want to go to marriage counseling right it, it works for him the marriage is perfectly fine as far as he's concerned it doesn't bother him at all um so that's why you need to make the appointment and start working with a good uh, marriage friendly therapist who's been trained in what we what's called systems theory which means that you can even go by yourself if you have to and start making changes once he realizes that the train is leaving the station with him or without him i mean that the relationship is changing with him or without him then he'll want to come on board Um, but until he sees that until he sees that you're getting the support that you need to make changes in the relationship he's going to keep doing what he's doing and even try to undermine the therapy because the relationship works for him and he doesn't want it to change so i would suggest to you that the most important thing you can do is is call somebody um, since you're already leaning in that direction anyway and make the appointment and then go to him and say hey listen i've made this appointment it's important for me to for you to come with me if you don't i'm still going to go though and then changes are going to happen here because i've tried to bring this to you and you don't care uh, he'll try to talk you out of it. He'll say, oh, it's too expensive, or why you want to talk to a stranger about this, or I'll change, or he'll give you a million different reasons. Or don't he might just listen. say, yeah, go, I don't care. You know, he could really <laughs> do that. The other thing I want to make very sure of is that when you find a counselor, you make sure that they are trained in systems therapy. You, this is not a counseling situation where you want to go in and just share the pain you're going through and the problems in your marriage and have them kind of console you and kind of work on your inner stuff. You want somebody, you're 
you're going in saying, I need homework to do. I want to change this dynamic so my husband has to realize that I am a person and respect me and we can improve our marriage dynamic. And, and the way systems theory works is that it teaches you how to set boundaries in ways that don't jeopardize the relationship but make it more difficult for him to behave in offensive ways while showing you how to build rapport in other ways that strengthen the strong parts of the relationship. So this way, you know, you're setting boundaries but not jeopardizing the marriage at the same time. Um, we do that kind of work at CatholicCounselors.com if you're not able to find somebody locally and we do it all in a Catholic context. But if you you know, you know want to find somebody locally, you can go to MarriageFriendlyTherapists.com. That's another resource as well. But uh, go without it. Now, the other th- the thing that you can do on your own, starting right now, is is lead with what it is you're asking for him from. You know, Well, listen, I, I understand that it's not affecting you, but I'm asking for your opinion on this, and I'd really like your input on how, what you think I should do with this, or whatever it is that you are asking for from him. Make that more explicit. Um, I, you, know, you know, you might say, well, I shouldn't have to do that. Well, maybe you shouldn't have to, but with this guy, he needs he needs it written out in big, big letters in crayon, right? So you're going to have to do that. Lead with what it is that you're needing from him. Give him the chance to respond, you know, more clearly what you're asking instead of making him feel like he's being put on the spot to solve the problem for you. Um, the other thing, if, if he's not paying attention because you told our screener that he doesn't always, like, actually, he, he kind of pretends to listen, make him repeat it back. You know, say, listen, I, I felt like you were sort of tuning me out. What did you hear me say? And see what happens, right? Hopefully those little things will start to improve it. Either way, though, I do think this is a big enough issue that you should seek counseling. So go ahead and try those little do-it-yourself suggestions, but but reach out to a good professional marriage-friendly therapist today and make that appointment and let him know that things are changing because you love him and because you both deserve a better relationship than you've got. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about those selfish and kind of narcissistic people that we all have to contend with on our show titled it's all about me give us a call at 877-573-7825 and as we head out to our break it's time for our scripture that comes to us from philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Just an important reminder of what the Christian is called to be. But I have to say here, we need to hear the part that says not only to his own interests. Because unfortunately, especially if we have been raised by or have a very potent narcissist in our lives this scripture can be twisted and suddenly it's like oh no 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 you're not being humble enough you need to do what i want to do is the message and they wear you down that's not what this is it's it's a warning to those who might be conceited particularly self-involved people who are leaning toward narcissism it's a warning to all of us because we're fallen people that we should care about one another in a mutually self-donative way but we can't just say, well, I'm supposed to just be so humble. I'm supposed to care about other people's interests more than my own to the point that it 
it erodes our dignity as well, children I mean, of God. You're pointing out that St. Paul doesn't say, let each of you not look at all at your own interests, but only the interests exactly, of others. Exactly. He's saying, look not only to your own interests, but the interests of others, which gives you permission to have interests and needs and concerns of your own while you are still being generous to others. And you have the right to expect others to be generous to those needs and concerns and interests of yours as well. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your questions coming up after the break. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking about being in relationship with people who are a little selfish or maybe even narcissistic. How can we cope? Let's talk it out. Let's talk now with Araminta, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Idaho on Salt and Light Radio. Araminta, welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out? Hello. Well, thank you. So what's your question? Well, okay, so it's interesting that this is the topic I'm hearing on the radio. And usually I always turn the radio off. My husband is the one that listens to you guys mainly. When I get in the car, I just, I like silence, but... I well, we're happy to have you with us, but we've only got about right. four minutes, so what's so, your question? Well, no, I, yeah, I apologize. So my mom, it's, it's about my mom and my, my relationship with my husband and my mom and I. So my mom mm-hmm. is very, she's always been very narcissistic, very emotionally abusive. She's living with us because she, she really had nowhere else to go. She lost everything a few years ago. Um, she kind of really just, the whole family kind of turned against her. I brought her in because I felt bad for her. Mm-hmm. But she's just, 
I mean, every time we turn around, my husband and I are having a fight because she's always trying to pit us against each other, or she says things, or she's just, and she's very hateful in her ways, just to kind of give you a broad eye view. Okay. Well, you know, the Bible says, honor thy mother and thy father, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I have a hard time because also, but it also says, you know, you know, I have to honor my husband, and my husband wants her out, you know, he wants her gone next month, and she really has nowhere to go. We're trying to figure out, you know, who could take her over. But I'm just trying to figure out where my loyalty should be. You know, you know, sure. what does the Bible say about? Okay, you know, well, let's talk about that. Question. Great question. So, honoring our mother and father does not. I mean, it, it does not mean um, that we tolerate abuse. It doesn't mean that we tolerate whatever fool thing they want to do. It means that we work for their good, right? It, it means that we make sure that, at the very least, that their physical needs are being taken care of. You know, and that, you know, and strangely enough, it means that we're living rightly because we honor our parents when we live appropriately and people can say whether it's true or not. Hey, you know what? Araminta done been raised right. (laughs) Now, you know, um, even if that's not true, you know, you're honoring them by living rightly. Okay. Um, It does not mean that you have to subject yourself to every kind of abuse or or inappropriate behavior or or, or even... um, sorry, support uh, unhealthy actions on their part. You can certainly set boundaries even if that upsets them. Now, again, you know, you don't want to just turn your mom out in the street. You know, she, you know, she for all of her faults, she did raise you, maybe not well, but she did raise and you. And she's a human. We should and not be doing that. So, people. you know, it's, a pro, you, it's important to find her a healthy place to go, a place where her physical needs will be taken care of, if not necessarily by you, by somebody. Right, so I would encourage you to, to speak with assisted living facilities and talk with the social worker there to find out what what she's uh, what what resources are available for her, as you're looking for some place. That said, you know the the scripture about cleaving and leaving, you know, in in other words, you know, leaving your family of origin and joining your husband, that you have a sacramental, covenantal relationship with your husband, not with your mom, um, and so you know it it, it comes down to. honoring that relationship first which does not mean by the way that it has to just be does she stay or does she go i mean maybe there's you you can based on this advice you can set better boundaries with your mom maybe there are you know you, you can learn to say no to her more and carve out more time for your relationship with your husband you know there are lots of ways this could work out uh once you have these two principles in right order um, but if she does need to go, then at least make sure that you're looking for a place where her needs can be attended to. But but if, given the choice, I mean, if you if you're in a forced choice situation, um, your relationship with your your husband and your children uh, have to take priority because that is your covenantal relationship. Your relationship you honor your mom by working for her good, not by enabling her or uh, putting up with uh, inappropriate behavior. Uh, you make sure that her physical needs are being taken care of. You build whatever relationship you can that's healthy and safe. Um, but you also need to set appropriate boundaries with behavior that is not good for her or for you. You know, her behaving in an abusive manner isn't just offensive to you. It's offensive to her dignity. And and it's a, it's it's good to call somebody on that way and say, look, I, I love you and I would love to have a better relationship with you. But you can't because you can't control yourself. I don't feel safe around you. And that's why we have to have these distances here. That sends up an important message that, that, that says, look, you know, I, you have to look at yourself if you want a better relationship. So, Aramit, I hope that these principles will help you kind of navigate these waters a little more effectively. I apologize for not having more time for you. If you'd like to follow up, if you have other questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the program. Thanks for the call. And that is all the time we've got for today's show. I apologize to those who we did not get to. We have full lines right now. Big topic. We'll have to revisit this again. But if you are struggling with a person who is selfish or even narcissistic, 
stick get some help and we are here to help with that if you, you can learn more about our resources at catholiccounselors.com to find out more about the pastoral solutions institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful effective pastoral counselor to help you transform your marriage family or personal lives check it out catholiccounselors.com have a blessed day folks you've been listening to more to life with dr greg and lisa popcheck more to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.